Well, I love New Year's. It's a great time to kind of reflect on what's happened in the past, but also it gives us an opportunity to look forward to the future. It's sort of like a new chapter in a book or starting over. It's, a, it's kind of a fresh experience of like everything being new. It's an opportunity for us to like start fresh, right? It's, it's a chance to go like whatever happened in the past, at least I have an opportunity right now to start fresh, to start new. And I like that about New Year's. And I, li- I like just being able to be able to kind of take that in and say, you know, in my own life, it gives me a chance to set some new priorities and some new, some new uh, kind of vistas that I'm kind of seeking out and what is God doing in my life, et cetera. And that's sort, of the, that's sort of the series that we're looking in is kind of the Get Fit series. And we're going to talk about different ways that we can be getting fit in this year. And, uh, you know, I, when I was home, I was home uh, in, outside of Sacramento for about 10 days. I just got back yesterday afternoon, had a great time with my family, and got to spend Christmas with them and a little bit longer and, and had a great time. And, and in that exchange of, like, just being together and being family, that's, that's wonderful stuff. There's also, like, the giving of gifts and all that kind of stuff. My family gave me this, like, uh, Fitbit thing, okay, right here. I don't know they thought, you know, this guy really needs some help, so we better, we better get him that. But this thing's sort of amazing. I haven't discovered everything it does yet. But what it does is it tells the time. Then it tells you, like, what your heart rate is. Then it will tell you, like, how many calories you're burning, or you can set it up to help you stay on track in terms of, you know, how many calories you're consuming. Uh, it'll tell you how you're sleeping at night. It can watch your sleep patterns and tell you if you're sleeping restfully or not so restfully. It can tell you all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of things going on just in that one little Fitbit thing. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if there was kind of like a spiritual Fitbit that could like uh, alert me to the fact when I'm like out of line somewhere, you know, like all of a sudden, hey, you need more time with God over here. Or, you know, this would be a great opportunity for like get up and actually serve somebody and do something, whatever it is. But I mean, I'm looking forward to like this series because that's what the series is about. The series is is really about getting spiritually fit and then the other pieces of that that fall into line. So before we kind of launch into that, why don't you take just a moment before God on your own and just say, hey God, I'm really open to you. Let me be open to you today. May this 2016 year, may I be open to receive from you what you want to teach me and how you want to grow me and how you want to guide me. Why don't you just take a moment and speak to God. Well, God, we greet you today knowing that it is a new year for us and that you have so many things in store for us that we don't even know about. And God, we want to be strong in you. We want to be our best for you. So today, God, would you just start us out today on that path with you for this year, that we would start with the right emphasis, that we would start with the right priorities, that we would start with your purposes, but that we would start with you. So God, today, would you speak into our hearts and lives as we look into your word, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this series is uh, kind of four weeks, and this first one today, we're talking about getting spiritually fit. Next week, we'll talk about relationships, getting relationally fit, and then we'll, we'll talk about um, getting uh, physically fit, all right? And then the last one, we'll talk about financial fitness, and all of those kind of, they all come in the context of kind of God's design for us and what He wants to do in our lives and help us to become more 
and better and stronger and healthier and all those different categories of life. But we start with this first one because it is at the very core of all the rest of them. So hang with me because you can say, well, you know, some of those I don't really need that or I don't really want to hear about that or whatever. You kind of write that off. I would just encourage you, no, make a commitment to be here for each of those so you kind of get the whole package of what these four areas of life are all about. And it is a wonderful opportunity to invite some friends or some other people to come as we talk about these kind of core areas of life. So be thinking about that. Maybe God will put a person or a family or a group, someone on your heart, say, you know what, I need to just invite them and ask them to come and be a part of what we're doing. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. He says this, and it's on your notes as well, I believe. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. Well, what's going on here with Paul? Well, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, and we know that in the Corinthian church, about the first eight chapters of that letter that Paul's writing to them, there have been a lot of problems in this church. There have been issues that they needed to deal with as a church community. And Paul is dealing with those issues, and then he's saying to them, let me give you some good advice. More than advice, let me give you some great insights to how to live let me move you off of the difficulties and challenges that have kind of been trapping you, and let's move through those so that you can understand what it is to have a healthy relationship with God. And that's what Paul's doing. So Paul's saying to them, hey, you're in a race. Life is a race. You're in a race. All are in that race. We can't just sort of opt out of life. No, all are in that race. How are you running in that race? Have you set up for yourself some goals in your life with God? And that's what we're talking about today. If you think about the next 362 days of this year out ahead of you, none of us can imagine what's going to take place in that time. But at the same time, there are some things that we can place into our life that will help us along the path of the next 362 days, right? So that's where we're going today. We want to talk about gaining the prize. What is the prize that God has for us and how can we be our very best at running in the race of life with God? So let me look at four different ways that I think we can strengthen our spiritual fitness this morning. So if you're following along with notes, here we go. Here we go. The first one is this. Give God the first part of my day. Give God the first part of my day. Well, what do you mean, the first part of my day? Well, we're talking about kind of regularly, daily meeting with God. Some people might call that a quiet time or devotions. They might talk about, you know, they read a book or they read a devotional guide or they spend time with God in the Bible. That's all good stuff. That's, that's a quiet time. That's time spent with God. And I do that in my own life. I mean, I spend time each morning with God. But at the same time, I've learned that the, the, the older I get, the older I get, the more I've learned to, to also spend that time listening to God. So it's not just about reading, it's not just about doing devotions and checking that off, it's about, it's about listening to God, it's about actually being quiet before God. 
Maybe you've been doing that for years and years. Maybe you've never started that, but maybe change that up a little bit. Maybe it's a different guidebook that you use or a different section of Scripture that you're going to work through. But either way, it's not only reading and taking in, but it's also just being quiet before God. And that's really an important thing in our lives. It's really easy for us to, uh, to miss that, to miss that opportunity with God each day. There, how many people are just not morning people? I am like, I am not a morning person. That's why we're in the second service. Okay, and how many people are really, but how many people are morning people? Okay, those are the weird guys. Okay, so the, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But, you know, whether you're a morning person or not so much a morning person, it's still giving God the first part of your day. Studies show us that the very first hours that we're awake are when we're the most open to learning. It's when our mind is the most active. It's when we're the most, uh, we're just the most energized to take in ideas and to connect and to interact. So why not set aside some of that great brain time with God in the morning early? And if you haven't done that before, it is a great thing to do. Just set aside a time, maybe get up a little bit earlier. If you're a late, a late arriver on the scene, maybe get up by 11. But I mean, but whatever, but get, get moving a little bit earlier than normal and give God that great time of day. Give him 15 minutes of your day. In fact, that's my challenge for you. There's a 15-minute challenge on there. And you might want to write your name right there on the 15-minute challenge. And the 15-minute challenge that I'm giving you today is this. I'm going to give God 15 minutes in my day every morning. You go, wow, I've never done that before. This is a great, a great chance to start. A great opportunity to do that, 15 minutes. Get a devotional guide or pick a section of Scripture. Come talk to one of our staff people. Spend time just praying with, with God, just being quiet for a bit, but take a walk to it. But spend 15 minutes a day. What would your life be like if you spent 15 minutes a day every day for this next year? What would it be like? You think it would have an impact on you? I did a little calculations on this. I did a little calculations on it. And uh, if you look at it, I think it works out to, um, where is it now? I just had it right here, and it's escaping me. Um, oh, here it is, here it is. If you were to take 15 minutes a day for five days a week, five days a week for 50 weeks out of the year, that would add up to 3,000 750 morning minutes. 3,750 morning minutes. What would your life be like if you gave God 3,750 morning minutes in this next year? Do you think that would have an impact on your relationships? Do you think that that would have an influence on your marriage? or how you saw your finances, or how you dealt with your family relationships, or how you did at your job, how you gained wisdom and insight from God if you gave him 15 minutes a day for this year? I bet it would. I know it would. It would make a huge difference. So the challenge is, are you up to that challenge? 15 minutes a day, in the morning. Write it down. Just say, I'm in. I'm doing it. I'm going for it. 
I'm going to try my best. I might miss here and there. That's okay. But God will do some remarkable things in your life and in mine if we do that. It says this in Colossians 3, 16 and 17. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, let the word of Christ dwell or fill fill you up. Dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wow. Giving God our best is about not just doing those kinds of things to other people, but it's also how we deal with God. Are you a person of gratitude and praise and honor? A willingness to serve God, a willingness to be before God, to enjoy being with God. Wow. What if our life was shaped by the way we started our day each and every day? Maybe this past year as you look back, maybe it wouldn't have been all that great. But maybe this year it can be different. Maybe 2016 is your year to start your day by developing this healthy habit that you love doing. You know, this last week when I was at home, Gene and I took a ride, and, and there's been this, uh, they've been building this really gigantic workout center near our house. It's huge. It is huge. They have outdoor tennis courts like you can't believe. There's like 20 of them. I mean, that's just the outdoor parts. And then it's this gigantic structure, and they've been building in a building, and then it finally opened. And we were out and about on the 1st, a couple days ago, and we drove by it on January 1st, huge parking lot, completely full. Completely full. You know where I'm going. Completely full, right? January 1, completely full. And I thought, wow. And we, we came back home, and we were talking about it with our family, and one of our daughters said, yeah, but in two weeks, it'll be like tabling down. Yeah, Right? Because there's sort of that like self-motivation. And self-motivation kind of carries us so far. And that can happen with like the 15-minute challenge. You can kind of be self-motivated and then it dwindles down. But rather than being self-motivated, what about if you were motivated like by your heart rate, your spiritual heart rate? Your spiritual heart rate is that part of you that says, I'm in it because I love God. And when I spend that time in the morning with God, I know in my own life that that's when I connect with God. That's when it's more than a check, checking something off on my spiritual checklist. It's about God and me. It's about time with God. It's about me listening. It's about me learning. It's about me embracing God. It's about being loved by God. That's your spiritual heart rate. Let's lift up your spiritual heart rate. That's the 15-minute challenge. Raise up your spiritual heart rate so that it's strong and powerful and enabled by God. That's where we want to be. We want to be those people where we are pumping, not just just because it's something we're called to do, but because we love being with God. That's a big shift for many of us. That's a big shift. Wow. Here's the second one. Give God the first part of my week. Give God the first part of my week. That's consistently being a part of the worshiping community. 
like on a weekly basis. That's why I said, like, come to the whole series, because I think it will help put the package together. It's important. I think surveys say something like people that kind of call themselves sort of regular attenders at church, they go about once every three weeks. Boy, become consistent in your attendance. Become consistently focused on being here. It will help you grow. I love being home with my family. It's great. I love being with them. I was great, just had a great time when I was at home. When I walk in the house, I know I'm loved. When I walk in my house, they know all of my shortcomings. They know my short temper. They know all the warts that I bring. But when I walk in, I'm loved. They don't necessarily have to do that, but that's what happens when I'm with my family. They love on me. They care for me. They lift me up. When I'm just around them, being around them, just even sitting there, it's great. I love being with them. You know, I do stupid stuff. I've failed. I've made mistakes. Doesn't matter. I walk in, they still love me. What's wrong with them? Anyway, no, but they do, which is really cool. I mean, that's family. That's what family is. Family, family embraces us, don't they? They take us no matter what. They take us, they hold on to us, they encourage us, they challenge us, but we do the same to them. We're there to help lift them up and encourage them and move them forward, right? That's what family is. Church is family. Church is family. I love my family. I miss being there, but I love being here because church is also family. And when you come in, you ought to be loved on. And you ought to be loving on people. And when you come every week, it only makes you stronger and makes the family stronger. But when you miss, and it's erratic, wow, lots of things happen in our lives. But it's great to be in a family that cares for you. And that's what the church is. It's designed to care for you and for you to be a person that cares for others in that context. So enjoy being together. Speak words of affirmation and care to people. It's important when you say hello to people, when you shake somebody's hand, when you give them a hug, when you call them by name. That's important. It's important to you. It's important to me. It's important to each person. It's important to a new person that walks in the door. It's important to the person that comes in here lonely. It's important to the person who comes in here broken because we've all been there. It's important because when you walk into this place, you represent Jesus to people. So it's important to be here. It's not just important to be here. It's a joy to be here. I love that Paul writes that. Be an encouragement. Be one that's singing songs. Be one that's given their all to the community. It says this in Hebrews, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, for the day of his return is dawning. Hmm. Wow. I love that. Be an encourager, be present, be a participant. Here's another thing. Here's the third one. Give God the first part of my relationships. This is about sharing my faith with other people, whether it's in word or deed, but it's about sharing my life and my faith with other people. Not being embarrassed about talking about my faith, 
looking and seeking for opportunities that God will give to be able to share with the person what I believe in, what my hope is, that I have a life everlasting, that I have a God that cares and loves me. Sharing. God being the first part of my relationships. Sometimes we think, well, I'm not the greatest evangelist. I don't feel comfortable doing this or saying that or whatever. It doesn't always have to be that way. I love what Andrew did. Andrew went and got his brother and brought him to Jesus. All of us can do that. We can bring people here where they can hear about Jesus. But part of it is to have a plan. And in that plan, it's to say, God, would you use me? Would you help me step across some of my own circumstances, some of my own concerns? Would you help me, would you help me bridge some of my own hesitancies about my life? and about my spiritual life and my spiritual place in life with you? Would you help me to take steps of faith with you? Would you give me confidence? Would you give me strength? Would you give me hope? Would you give me the ability to connect with other people? When you begin to pray that way, God begins to produce in you the things that you're praying for. God will produce great things in your life and in mine. Sometimes we have to take those steps. My prayer over the coming weeks is that we will embrace that, that we will meet other people's needs because we'll see in ourselves how we can help other people. We will see ways in which we can speak into the lives of other people. Colossians 4, 2 through 5 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer anyone. I love that. Let me give you kind of a, I think it's on your deal there, uh, a three open door prayer. A three open door prayer in relationships. The first is this. Paul says this, open the door of opportunity. The first is open the door of opportunity. That's what Paul just said in this writing. I pray that God, you would open a door for our message, open a door for opportunity. What that means is uh, open, open the opportunity that we might share the message of God. You can pray for opportunities. If you don't pray for opportunities, you probably won't see them when they come. If you're praying for opportunities, God will bring them in front of you. So that's the first thing, is open a door for opportunity. It's just a simple prayer. God, let me be open to opportunities. The second is open up their heart. Acts 17, 11 through 15, Paul talks about when he was speaking, the Lord opened up Lydia's heart a woman's heart that was there so that she could receive the message of God's grace and salvation. And God opened up her heart, so open up a heart. Pray for the preparation of a person that you don't even know or maybe that you do know, but pray for their heart to be open. One is the opportunity, the second is an open heart. You can have opportunity and not have an open heart. So pray for open hearts on the part of people that you know or people that God will bring across your path. Begin to seriously pray about that. I love that. And then Paul says this, open my mouth to speak clearly the good news of Jesus. Open my mouth to speak clearly. 
Ask God for clarity of words, clarity of thought, wisdom to speak and when not to speak, when to listen and when to not. But open up my mouth to speak clearly. But then Paul says, use my mouth, open it up, let me speak clearly, know what you're talking about. And that's part of the 15-minute challenge is getting more and more in, immersed into a relationship with God. Here's the fourth one. Give God the best part of my energy. Give God the best part of my energy. Who are you? And, and serving God and God's people, are you doing it with your energy? Are you serving, for one? And have you discovered where you serve the best or how you can serve? And we can help with that. But part of it is getting involved in areas of ministry, seeking opportunities to kind of try your spiritual serving muscles out to see how they do, whether it's helping a person around here or on the crew that works outside or helping with our kids or students or putting chairs up and down or whatever it is. But what are those opportunities for serving? Give it your best of your energy. Most of us have an idea of what we would like to see hope become as a church. Most of us have an idea of what we would like to see it become, but it only becomes that when we give it our best, when we give it our energy, when we give it to it and not just someone else. It can't be on just other people to take care of everything. No, that's not really what the church is about. It's about all of us giving our very best in energy. Now, here's the deal. These last three really follow the first one. It really doesn't do us a whole lot of good on those last three unless the first one is in order to give, the best, give God the very best part of your day, the first part of your day. That's where it starts. It starts with each and every day com connecting and committing to God. When we do that, wow, we find energy to live. We find direction to live. We find guidance to live. And we find a God that connects with us along the way. So here it is. I don't know how you're doing on the beginning of your day, but wouldn't this be a great year to say, this is the year that I'm going to strive to begin each and every day with God. I'm going to put God at the top of my list in the morning. I'm going to get up and I'm going to spend 15 minutes a day with God. And I'm going to ask God, what can I do? And I'm going to listen to God. And I'm going to allow God to speak into my life. But it begins there, friends the first 15 minutes of your day, and then the first part of your week by being here faithfully, regularly, not just to be here to, again as a checkoff, but to be here because you belong here, your family here, you're needed here, you're loved here. Hmm. Give God the best part of your day. Give God the first part of your week. Give God the first part of your relationships. Be praying for people. Be caring about people. And give God the very best that you have in your energy. Hey, let's pray together. God, we thank you that um, you love us so much that you want to spend daily time with us. You care about every part of our life. You want to meet with us on a consistent basis. God, would you just bring it to mind again today that 
you do love us, that you have a path for us, and that this year, 2016, is a great opportunity for us to begin strengthening that path, getting spiritually fit with you, and living for you. God, would you bless us this year of 2016 and help us to walk with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.